Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I remember five years ago, if you would have asked me if I could imagine myself living a life like this, I would have answered no. Back then, I was just Dalton, a simple guy who lived a simple life, working 9 to 5 as a car wash attendant. I had a girlfriend then. Her name was Whitney. We were happy. For a time. Until she got hooked on reality shows. From that moment on, all she wanted was to be one of those girls. Spending money and owning stuff she didn't need. She didn't work. Not that she couldn't find a job, just that she didn't feel like it was befitting of her. I started working while going to high school. I didn't have the luxury of the pride that Whitney had. We were poor, and I needed the money to help my grandma. But with a girl like Whitney as my girlfriend, I only got to keep half my pay. Sometimes, I would even be flat out broke because of her. Whitney loved her shiny things, and she made it my duty to give them to her. If you're not buying me gifts, are you even my boyfriend? She would always say she'd leave me if I didn't give in to what she wanted, and I was afraid of losing her. I always thought she was special, and she had a beautiful voice. I started writing songs because of her, and whenever she'd sing my songs, I'd feel like the luckiest guy in the world. When she sang those songs, everyone's eyes and ears would be on her, and she loved the attention. Even when she would claim the songs were hers, I didn't mind. I knew she wanted to be famous, and if my songs were the way she could get her dreams, I would happily stay in the shadows and support her with all my heart. But everything changed when she finally got what she wanted. One day while performing at a school event, an agent came up to her and gave her his card. Two weeks later, a recording label signed her. I took her to prom, but the romantic night I had been dreaming of for years suddenly crumbled in front of me when I asked her to dance and she swatted my hand away. I can't be seen with you anymore. What? Why? I'm gonna be famous now. What will people say if they knew I was dating a car wash boy? Huh? What will my fans say? I... But I love you. That's not enough. I won't have you ruin my dream. You're a nobody, and that will never be worthy of me. Now, get lost. Everyone saw, and everyone heard her break up with me at prom. I cried. It broke my heart. Every day, that moment was all I could think of. I was always so distracted that I got fired from my only job, and my old boss didn't give me a good reference, so I found it hard to get another job. The only person who was kind enough to hire me was some guy who lived in a mansion who took me in as a pool boy. He was barely there, which was great. I basically got paid to hang out in an expensive house. In just a year, Whitney's career skyrocketed. She went to award shows, sang on TV, one of her songs even got used in a movie. I knew then I could never reach her. Until one day, she came into my life again. My producer boss told me he had a very important artist coming over and to make the pool area in the garden presentable. He had me put up streamers and dress up nice. There was going to be a party that day, and the guest of honor was Whitney. I almost fell over when I saw her come in. 
She looked nothing like she used to, and I felt a twinge in my heart. She barely noticed me. I doubt she even recognized me. They were celebrating her debut album's success. All of the songs in it were songs that I wrote for her. My name was never even mentioned in the credits. I overheard her and the producer talk about something, and it sounded like an argument. It's in your contract, Whitney. I know, I know. But I'm an artist. Art can't be rushed. All the label is asking for is one song. One snippet of a song. If you want to capitalize on your fame, you have to record your next album right now. Or you'll just end up being a one-hit wonder. Whitney was struggling to write her next album. It wasn't a surprise since she didn't write the first one. Then, I saw them kiss. I guess that was how Whitney convinced the producer to have more patience. When Whitney finally saw me and recognized me, she cornered me. You, you have to keep this a secret, you hear? And you have to write me new songs. I... I'll pay you. But I couldn't simply do it anymore. She tore my heart in two. And now she wanted me to save her fake career? When I refused her, she had me fired. I guess if you're someone with a secret, you wouldn't want your secret keeper to be so close to the people who can end your career. For me, it was a record low. Did pool boys even get fired? How bad do you have to be as a pool boy to get fired? I was on my way to move back in with my parents when a limo stopped where I was walking. The window rolled down and I saw a beautiful woman beckon me towards her. The chauffeur stepped out and opened the door. Come in, I'll give you a ride. My mom always warned me about stranger danger, but she didn't say some of the strangers were gonna be that hot. So, despite my doubts, I hopped into the limo, and when we started moving, the woman handed me a card and shook my hand. I'm Lola. I represent Somi Records. I've been watching you for a while now. V what? I'll keep it direct to the point. I heard a rumor that Whitney didn't write her own songs. I make it a point to investigate my rivals, and I found out you were the songwriter. Why didn't you say anything? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I loved her, I guess. I'll offer you a hundred grand as an upfront payment if you sign with us. I couldn't speak. I just nodded my head. I couldn't believe any of it was real. And yet, when I opened my bank account when she dropped me off at home, the money was all there. I had to pick my jaw off the ground when I saw how many zeros there were. I spent the better part of a year writing songs. I got myself a penthouse downtown, and I bought my family an apartment next to mine. Lola gave me a complete makeover, and they marketed me as a singer-songwriter who plays guitar. And then, they released my first album. My debut single was an instant hit. I wrote that song about how Whitney used me and dumped me for fame. So many girls wrote me emails and slid into my DMs telling me my song broke their heart, and that my voice made them fall in love. Actresses and models threw themselves at my feet. Women who didn't even know my last name asked me to marry them. I was invited to award shows and TV programs. I went to red carpets and galas, and on my arm would always be Lola, the beautiful girl who changed my life. My album was nominated for an award, and that night a designer came to me personally and fitted a suit for me. Italian brands fought each other for the chance to make me wear their shoes and belts. And when I got off the limo to go to the red carpet, a hundred flashbulbs lit up and innumerable paparazzi yelled out my name. There were girls lining up the street chanting my name. I knew that I'd made it.
A familiar voice called out my name, and I turned around. It was Whitney. You! Get out of my shot! The paparazzi are taking pictures of me! Go back to whatever limo you're driving and stop standing in the middle of the carpet! I could tell she no longer recognized me, so I just gave her a small bow and walked into the theater. Later that night, as the ceremony went on, a security guard approached the table next to us where Whitney sat. It turned out she'd gatecrashed the ceremony as she wasn't even invited. But Whitney loudly protested and made things awkward. She even told the guard she would have him fired, and so the guard let her be. I won the award for best album that night, and I made a speech that shocked everyone. I would like to thank a very special lady here tonight. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have had the inspiration for this hit song. I believe some of you would love to know who the song is about. Well, you all know her. It's none other than Whitney. Whitney stood up and began to make her way to the door, not wanting any part of the drama she caused. But before she could escape, the spotlight found her. And just then, her phone rang. And then 20 different notifications. Everyone else's phones began to beep. And I looked at mine. The reviews for Whitney's new album had dropped. It was the first one where she wrote all the songs. And the critics trashed it. News articles about it kept popping up and her horrible songs were trending on Twitter. She ran out of there humiliated, and Hollywood never saw her again. It was many years later, while I was waiting for our limo to arrive as I carried my son, that someone tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around to find Whitney. I hardly even recognized her. She was wearing tattered clothes and had dark circles under her eyes. Oh my god, how could you hide our baby from me all this time? She said it loud enough so that everyone on the street could hear. And when people recognized both of us, they started whispering, I need money. You have to pay me for taking our baby. But before she could go further, the limo door opened and my wife stepped out. Child, I don't know what fantasy world you live in, but that is my baby. I know, because I was there the day it happened. She took out a photo of us and our newborn baby and showed it to anyone who could see. Now, whatever scheme you're trying to pull, it won't work. Now go back to your sad, unremarkable life. Lola pulled me into the limo, but before we drove away, I rolled down the windows and smiled at Whitney. If you didn't lie so much, maybe things would have turned out differently for you. And with that, I kissed my beloved wife and our limo pulled away, leaving my ex-girlfriend speechless on the sidewalk. At last, I'll be able to use deodorant for once. This time, I know no one's gonna bother me. And just as I was about to put the deodorant on, my father burst into my room snatching the deodorant out of my hands and, for some odd reason, he also threw the deodorant out the window, then gave me a harsh look. Son, a real man must smell like one. Smell of sweat. Dad then smiled happily and raised his hands into the air. I shed a tear as I caught a whiff of the horrible smell of sweat coming from his armpits. I even had to pinch my nose just to avoid fainting from the stench. Oh well, it's not a big deal. I can always just take a shower. Although, even that turned out to be a disappointment. As soon as I turned on the water, I screamed, jumping out of the bathtub in surprise. I was caught off guard by freezing cold water. I practically almost died of hypothermia. My parents had turned off the hot water again to save money. I'm so over it all already. Fine, maybe some clean clothes will save me. Except, I don't even have a clean t-shirt. Mom still has yet to do the laundry. Now, you might be wondering, why can't I just do it myself? Well, we don't have a washing machine in our house. 
My mom washes everything by hand. And so, I had to go to school dirty once again. I'm going to get side glances, laughed at, and bullied, too. Why? Because my parents are simple country folk that don't look after themselves and won't allow me to do so either. My name is Steve, and I smell bad. Since I was a kid, my parents have been conditioning me to be filthy. Dad said that a real man ought to be fat, have a beard, and smell of sweat. Back then, I thought that this was just a joke. But as I grew older, my dad started taking away my razors, deodorant, shower gels, and even my shampoo and toothpaste. So there, I was just walking around, as I still am now, with greasy hair and a horrible smell on my breath and body, and also wearing dirty, unwashed clothes. Would you talk to such a person? Of course not. I'd also avoid him. My mom believes that there are some kind of evil marketing experts and manufacturers that are conspiring together. Since the manufacturers are making the products out of harmful substances while others advertise them, she's afraid that the shampoos and toothpastes made by popular brands are going to make my hair and teeth fall out. Sounds stupid to you? Same. Because of all this, I have to use hygiene products that my mom makes herself out of pine needles, pine cones, and some kind of herbs. It's possible they're actually healthier, but they smell awful. And because of this, not only do I smell like sweat, but weird substances as well. Honestly, I feel bad for the people around me. But in my family, this is normal. In fact, it gets even crazier. One day, I decided to shave off a small patch of hair above my lip. Since it looked a bit cringy, I secretly bought some shaving cream and a razor. But then my dad caught me and confiscated everything. Son, girls like rough, masculine men, and you're trying to turn yourself into a wimp? This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. He stated, Since my father is very strict and by the book, I didn't even bother arguing with him. I had already tried once before and it ended horribly. I've always been annoyed at the little black dots on my nose. I read somewhere on the internet that a mud mask can help get rid of them, so I bought one in secret. I mean, it's safe and doesn't have any chemicals in it, right? But after putting it on, I accidentally fell asleep. It had been an exhausting day at school. My dad, having seen me with the mask on my face, was horrified. He said that his whole life, he'd apparently been raising a daughter instead of a son. He hated it so much, in fact, that he threw me out of the house with the mask still on my face and told me not to come back until I had become more masculine. And so, I washed the face mask off in the nearest cafe, then walked around for nearly the entire evening until I ran into a suspicious-looking group. Some guys who looked to be my age started demanding that I give them my phone. However, I was not afraid to get into a fight. As luck would have it, though, some cops spotted us. They drove me home and told my parents everything. 
I expected some sort of drama to follow, what with my mom crying and my dad shouting, but no. Instead, my dad praised me and called me a real man. He immediately forgot all about the incident with the face mask and applauded my strength and bravery. And that's exactly how life's been for me in this small suburban town, which was really more of a village. Everyone knew that my family was weird and on its own program. But then something horrible happened. So horrible that I'd never have imagined it myself. We moved to the city. Before, nobody really paid any attention to me. In a big city, however, I became the perfect victim for bullying. When I got put at a desk along with a beautiful girl, I became so overwhelmed that I started sweating profusely. I already reeked as it was, and this only made it worse. My new classmate tried pretending everything was okay, but by the end of the lesson, she had fainted. The teacher didn't understand what was going on until he walked up to our desk and caught a whiff of the piercing smell of my sweat, my mom's shampoo, and the horrible cologne. No, this was not some kind of brand name cologne. It was the kind my grandfather used. At one point, my dad stopped buying it because they stopped delivering the cologne to our town, but finding it in Seattle was a piece of cake. He used it and forced me to use it as well. This is hardcore cologne made for real men, my father said proudly, sending me off to school. I was so embarrassed I wanted to fall through the ground and never come to school again. I knew for a fact nobody was ever going to forget that incident and I was right. All of my classmates were now making fun of me. They made memes about me and dropped them in the school group chat. They made insulting videos and constantly talked about how horrible I smell and how I look like an idiot. This was extremely detrimental to my already low self-esteem. Then I ended up shutting people out even more so. At home, I wasn't allowed to be sad because crying is for girls, so I kept all my feelings to myself and let them out only when I was alone in my room. No, I didn't cry. Instead, I started punching a special mannequin that my dad had bought me. Although I might have gone a little too far because my knuckles ended up covered in blood. That actually is my greatest weakness. Despite my dirty and simultaneously hardcore look, I'm terribly afraid of blood. My head started spinning and I somehow managed to make it over to the bathroom to wash it off. But there was no water, not even cold water. Again, with this stupid frugality. But blood was nothing in comparison to what I had to go through next. We had a dentist checkup at school, during which they found a ton of rotted teeth in my mouth. Some teeth had cavities, others had pulpitis. I felt pain in my teeth at night, but I never dared complain about it to my parents. They were called over to school to be told that I have serious problems with my teeth. My parents made a huge scene with the school principal, accusing him of worldwide conspiracy and deliberately harming the teeth of children. We all brush our teeth with homemade toothpaste, and we're healthy. You're just a liar, my father shouted loudly. I was ashamed of my dim-witted parents' behavior toward the principal, and also, I just kept silent and thought about how Elon Musk could populate Mars so that I could fly away from this embarrassment. The discussion between my parents and the principal ended with simple recommendations from his part, and rudeness on our part. At home, my parents were already thinking of what school to transfer me to. I couldn't help myself and yelled at them, telling them that they were ruining my life. I wasn't afraid of my father anymore, nor any kind of punishment. They can kick me or lock me in my room for all I care. Any of that would be better than listening to their nonsense. But, as it so happened, everything turned out much worse. 
My dad hated the fact that I raised my voice at them, so he enlisted me to be sent off to a military training camp where, in his words, they turn boys into real men. Now not only am I going to be bullied for how I smell and look, but beaten too. But even the military refused to take me in. A soldier needs to be well-groomed, said the officer. My father retorted that I'm not a girl to be looking after myself. They ended up just getting into a fight, and I got nervous to such a degree that I began to suddenly feel unwell. My stomach hurt so much, I could barely inhale, let alone even move. And tears were welled up in my eyes. They immediately called in an ambulance which took me away to the hospital. There, they found a dangerous parasite living inside my system. Apparently, it had gotten there by me ingesting dirt. Do you bite your nails? asked the doctor. And I nodded affirmatively. Do you clean them? Of course not. We don't have a nail file or even normal soap. And having dirt in our hands is something our family is proud of, since only hardworking people are dirty. At least, that's what my father thinks. Due to my parents' outlook on personal hygiene, I ended up in the hospital because of the dirt under my nails that got into my system. And that's how the parasite got there. I was hoping that maybe at least this incident would help my parents realize that we were not living correctly, but they still didn't give up. The doctor listed multiple problems. To include the parasite, the bad skin of my scalp, since the homemade shampoo doesn't clean it properly, bad teeth, and rashes from the dirt on my hands. He also added that if we don't change our lifestyle, it would negatively affect my overall well-being. Yay! My parents finally started thinking that they're living incorrectly. They bought me normal hygiene products, but were still too scared to use them themselves. Meanwhile, I happily scrubbed myself with shower gel and wonderfully smelling shampoo, and even brushed my teeth three times a day. But I had to fight for my right to shave. The doctor hadn't said anything about that, which means it's okay to keep growing a beard. And let me tell you, I argued with my father for so long before he eventually bought me a good razor, and I finally said farewell to that stupid patch of hair above my lip. However, my happiness disappeared when I went to the dentist. My goodness, having the nerves removed and cleaning out the caries is so unpleasant. Now I understand why so many people are scared of dentists. Although, I went through every circle of hell. I still left the dentist's office satisfied and happy each and every time. Now the only thing left to do was to teach my parents about personal hygiene, since they themselves still continued to go around dirty and unkept. I took my mom to get her nails done and to see a cosmetologist, and when they finished their work, she was unrecognizable. Never before in her life had my mom looked this good. It was a bit more difficult with my dad, however. As soon as I asked him to wash himself with shower gel and trim his beard just a little bit, he got upset. Then, he left to go dig around in the garage, getting even more dirty. It seemed that nothing could change his mind, but then a miracle happened. Everyone at work was so annoyed with my father's sloppy appearance that they decided that they would fire him if he refused to get himself together. He's a fantastic worker, but he still scares away all the clients from his untidiness and stench. My dad understood that if he lost his job, we would no longer be able to support ourselves. Thus, he had to trim his beard, although he felt very uncomfortable at the barbershop, despite the fact that there were only men there. He personally felt as if it wasn't a manly thing to do, and he finally washed himself with shower gel and normal shampoo for once. He even bought himself a normal cologne. And so, you know, the behavior toward our family suddenly changed for the better. Nobody looked at us judgingly, nor pinched their nose. 
Now appearing well kept, we begin to look like ordinary people that everyone treated normally. My father wasn't fired, people in school stopped trolling me, and my mom was no longer thrown out of stores. And so goes the story of my life. Hi there. My name's Sean, and I have one question for you. Tell me, are you afraid of spiders? As for me, desperately. From an early age, I'm a terrible arachnophobe. And if you're the same as me, then this story will seem very unpleasant to you, but it doesn't mean that it's not interesting. It all started on my 10th birthday, when my parents gave me a ticket to Africa. And I was so happy with this gift, but if it was up to me, I would return to the past and give myself a smack in the head. I would also ask my parents to give me a remote-controlled car. Really, there would be less problems and I'd have something to play with. The fact is that my parents are professional travelers. As long as I can remember, they always went somewhere. Traveling was an integral part of their life. And when I was 10 years old, they decided that I was old enough to start traveling with them. At that time, I was very interested in the culture of various tribes. The jungle, tigers, lions, snakes, crocodiles. I watched Tarzan and Mowgli. In general, I was an ordinary child. To me, everything new was incredibly interesting. So when I found out that we were going on a tour around Africa in a week, I was excited. This trip was truly amazing, one of the best in my life. I saw wild animals, spent the night in the jungle, and even took part in some ancient ceremony of a local tribe. Now, I understand that most of these tribes no longer live up to ancient customs. They simply involve tourists with their songs and dances, but for me, it was a real fairy tale in the making. This was not my only trip. For several years, I visited several other countries, which I won't be talking about now, maybe next time. My story begins with the fact that after that trip to Africa, I began to get sick very often. Every autumn and winter, I had tonsillitis or the flu. Moreover, I was ill for a very long time. My parents thought that I just had a weak immunity, so they fed me vitamins, dietary supplements, and gave me herbal teas to drink. And it really helped, but only for a short time. When I became a high school student, my health suddenly deteriorated. I started fainting for no reason. My stomach ached terribly, and I began to lose my hair. My skin became some kind of yellow color. Doctors just threw their hands up and said that all my tests were normal. No viruses or bacteria were found, and that I was completely healthy. Theoretically, of course. I probably would have died being completely healthy thanks to modern medicine, if not for one incident. What happened, you ask? Once at a doctor's appointment, a spider crawled out of my ear. My ears were examined right away, and the doctors were horrified. There were spiders in my ears. Doctors didn't know what to do. These spiders were so big and so deep in my ears that they could easily make me deaf by perforating the eardrum. I won't scare you and will say right away those spiders were taken out and that my hearing is in order. But after that, I was sent for a more detailed examination, which opened up new surprises. As it turned out, spiders lived not only in my ears, but also in my stomach and even in my throat. In fact, they were very small and there were so many of them that it wasn't clear how I was still alive. The next day I had surgery on my stomach and then they took spiders out of my throat for several days. Before that, I gargled with the strongest drugs, but that was totally useless. However, 
the doctors managed to save my life, and that's the most important thing. However, as soon as I was discharged from the hospital, a month later, I returned there again. The reason was painfully simple. Spiders appeared in my ears again. Doctors made me go through an examination again and were horrified when they saw that there were no less spiders in me. Rather, on the contrary, I was like a laboratory rat placed in an isolation unit and medicated with a variety of medicines. I was vaccinated, injected, given antibiotics, placed in the heat or in the cold, but nothing helped. No one knew how and where these spiders came from. Local biologists couldn't even recognize their species. The only thing they managed to find out was the fact that these spiders love heat very much and don't live in a cold climate exactly. Doctors said that based on my body state, spiders had been living in my body for several years. And all this time, they were actively developed and gradually reduced my immunity. After all, I was an absolutely healthy child before. If you remember when I started getting ill and fainting, it immediately becomes clear that it was after that trip to Africa. Since modern medicine was powerless, my parents made a drastic choice and decided to take me back to Africa and find a healer there who could cure me of this unknown and terrible disease. Within a few days, we flew on our new exotic trip. You can't even imagine how disappointed we were when we found out that many of the ancient tribes that conducted ceremonies for tourists turned out to be frauds. They didn't know anything about folk medicine at all. They didn't live in a community and had no idea what to do with me. Then we decided to find some real ancient tribe on our own and ask them to cure me. As you can guess, we didn't find any tribe. Instead, we stumbled upon a small village where we were told about some crazy healer living in the jungle and eating grasses. A young guy named Nsonova agreed to accompany us and to be our translator at the same time. He said that his great-great-grandmother is a witch doctor. She's already over 115 years old. And she speaks only one language, the language of her already non-existent tribe. As soon as that witch doctor saw me, she immediately screamed something and began beating tambourines. My parents and I were very scared, but Nsonawa reassured us, saying that this was just a welcoming dance. Then we went into a small tent or a house or I don't know what to call it. Strange herbs were hung everywhere, and there were colored patterns on the walls. The witch doctor spoke a completely unknown language to me. Nsonawa said that this old woman knows how to cure me and agrees to help. When my parents asked her to just share with them a recipe of her secret potion, the healer was terribly angry, started screaming, and even kicked my parents out. She forbade them to return and said that she would bring me back to the village when I was healed. Well, at least Nsonova said so. And my parents had no choice but to leave me in the jungle face to face with this ancient old woman. Every day for several weeks, this old lady pushed incomprehensible herbal salves into my ears, forced me to drink something disgusting, and endlessly danced around the fire. To be honest, at first I thought she was crazy and didn't understand at all how some herb could cure me. Once I even tried to run away because the treatment of this healer only made me feel worse. My head started to hurt terribly. I constantly saw hallucinations. I vomited every day 
and sometimes I couldn't even get to my feet. And when my skin began to peel off, I realized it was time to run away before this crazy woman killed me. But I didn't manage to escape far. I lost consciousness right in the jungle. And when I woke up, I was again in the tent with that witch doctor. I had no more strength, and for the next few days, I was too busy sleeping. I woke up only in order to take another portion of the bitter broth or chew on some stinky root. The healer didn't feed me at all. She gave me a lot of water, but no food and no again. That's how a week passed, or maybe two. I don't know. But when I came round, I realized that I'm healthy. I looked at my skin and saw that it became normal color again. My stomach stopped aching, and I even heard better. At that time, the witch doctor was sitting by the fire and preparing some kind of soup. Yes, it was soup, exactly, and not just another potion. She smiled and said something kindly to me. I didn't understand her words, but from her kind eyes, I saw that everything was in order and that I no longer needed to be afraid. A few days later, she gave me back to my parents. They tried to thank her for my rescue, but the healer simply disappeared into the jungle, not taking any money or herbs that my parents managed to gather. Nothing. When we returned home, I went through the examination in the hospital again. You should have seen the eyes of those doctors when they realized that I was absolutely healthy. There was not a single parasite in my body. I stopped getting ill, fainting, and even balding. The only thing that reminds me of those spiders was a scar on my stomach, which appeared after my meaningless surgery. I still don't understand how the healer was able to cure me. Why didn't she share her secret with the world? Is traditional medicine better than modern? After my recovery, my parents decided to give up on their travels forever, at least on traveling to exotic countries. I decided to give up on traveling, period. And I became a really horrible arachnophobe. No, I don't get hysterical at the sight of a little spider. I'm just really nervous and it would be better if I didn't see them at all. Thank you for listening to my story. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.